we are now in a new world. We now have the ability to manifest things much more quickly. We have to keep talking about what can go right. We have to keep our eye on the prize. Hi, Vicki Robin here, host of What Could Possibly Go Right, a project of the Post Carbon Institute, where I interview cultural scouts, people who see far and serve the common good, asking every guest the same question. With all that seems to be going wrong, what could possibly go right? Today's guest is Kay Taylor. And Kay has been a natural clairvoyant and empath since childhood and is a highly trained astrologer, coach, guide, educator, leader, etc. And she offers readings, classes, trainings, and has written a book, The Soul Pathway, that came out in 2016. Currently, she is president of the organization for professional astrologers. And she hastens to say in her biography, you know, after all of her certifications in uh, interpersonal and uh, psychological uh, modalities, she says, I also got an MBA, so I know how to be grounded. And I wanted Kay to be part of our uh, conversations on what could possibly go right, because I do think that the uh, intuitive, the uh, feeling realms are marginalized in all the conversations about saving the world. The connective tissue and what the connective tissue is made of is not just more little billiard balls on a billiard table knocking into each other. The connective tissue, the glue of society is not necessarily the sum of all the interactions. There's something else going on that we're all participating in this thing called life. And uh, so I wanted somebody who directly speaks to that who has been, is a progressive, definitely a progressive, but comes at it through her talents and skills as most of us do. I just wanna say a little personal story is that I found Kay in 2004 when I was diagnosed um, with colon cancer. And I, I called a friend of mine who is very wise and quite intuitive and said, okay, David, I have cancer. And he says, wait a second. He was like two states over and he says, pauses and he said, no, you don't. You don't have cancer. There's no sign of cancer in your body because he was doing whatever he does to do this remote seeing. And I said, well, I do have a piece of paper here that says, you know, very specifically. Uh, and he says, you don't have cancer. You may have a cancer, but you don't have cancer. And I would recommend that you talk to the person that I turn to when I have big questions in my life. And I thought, well, I'm turning to the person I turn to when I have the biggest question. So whoever he turns to I, has my attention. And so he turned me on to Kay and I had a reading with her. I was not in person. And it was stunning because she identified the size, shape, location, and quality of the cancer that was precisely the cancer that was taken out of my body. And whatever she could see that I couldn't, uh, it made me pay attention. And she's been very helpful over many years in connecting with the energies that I don't seem to be able to connect with. So I use her sort of as an outrigger cultural scout, you know, as a Vicky scout. Any friend who's really interested in these dimensions, I always recommend her. And I'm not saying everybody should go out and book K now, but but I just wanted you to know that um, in my own work, I believe I I draw on on psychic abilities 
not, ooh, I just think I get things, you know? <laughs> I know things and there's no rational way I should know them. And they actually feed very much into everything that I do. And I wanted to bring that dimension into this conversation that seems quite rational, which is in all that's going wrong, what could possibly go right? So here's my conversation with Kay. Welcome Kay to my COVID project. And now my great fascination Interviews with cultural scouts about what in the midst of all that seems to be going wrong could possibly go right. And I've picked my guests intuitively. There's some 45 of them now, and some I've known for years like you, and some I've just been discovering in this last year. And I've been thinking about what governs who I pick. Um, and so I started listing the qualities of cultural scouts and one was that I, I saw that they're often not mainstream due to race, age, or profession, gender, culture. They're often on the margins. And um, people in the middle would call it marginalized, but basically people who live outside the convention need to be more observant because people with privilege and power are often blind to what's going on and also to their impacts. So basically there's an intelligence that's built on the margins. And the other thing I is every one of them sees far and serves the common good. And they uh, use their capacity for sight and insight to basically serve the tribe, which at this moment is the whole human enterprise. And they are people who are not shy of the truth. They are truth sayers and uh, soothsayers. And which brings us to your profession of being an in intuitive and empath and an astrologer. And your profession is the classic cultural scout. This is like the oracles, the, the people that when society was in trouble, we had to go and consult the oracle who would, who would give us some mysterious guidance from who knows where. Our society is like hyper-rational and often excludes the feeling realm and the intuitive realm. And in my field, sustainability, we do tend to lead with the rational in order to be heard. And so it's all the more important that we listen to UK. So uh, with all that you are, do, know, I pitch you my question with all that seems to be going wrong. What could possibly go right? <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Vicky, for inviting me. And yes, that oh, touches home so strongly as feeling like a person who's been on the margins forever in a lot of different ways. And even being a child and knowing things that other people didn't know and didn't see. And I got into so much trouble in fourth grade when I learned about communism and I went, you know, I said in class, that's a great thing. Yeah. We should all be communists. You know, of course this is in the early sixties and everybody freaked out. Uh, and I got in a lot of trouble for saying that. So I have been intuitive my whole life. I have been a professional uh, psychic intuitive channel for 37 years. Uh, and during that time, I built in astrology, hypnotherapy, various forms of healing. And so I've been working with clients and teaching for all these years. So this informs my viewpoint. So in terms of talking about what could possibly go right, which I feel 
is a lot of what I do in sessions and classes is talking to people and encouraging them for the next week, the next month, the next year. Like, yeah, I know life is really hard right now, but this is where we're going. This, this is the vision of this planet. So if I start from the spirit perspective, from the place of the channeling I've done, I was doing channeling of high level spirits, you know, fifth dimensional teaching masters uh, back in the, in the eighties. And they gave me a blueprint of everything that was going to happen. You know, the year 2000 was a major turning point. 2012 was a major turning point. The year 2000, which everybody worried about Y2K from the spirit perspective was this is when we begin shifting into fourth dimensional reality. And there's going to be a lot more psychic availability to people and the veils are going to be thinner for manifestation. So that was how they framed that. This is in in the 80s. They told me this. 2012. Uh, we had a, a consciousness shift there that allowed us to even begin to connect more into fifth dimensional reality and a sense of uh, manifestation at a higher level, thinner, thinner veils, even still greater capacity for awakening and opening. So I was prepared for all of this to happen, but in 2004, when we started going into war, and it was looking pretty dismal, I felt discouraged. I felt like I must be wrong. And Spirit told me then not to worry, that the seeds had been planted throughout the world, that the world was filled with evolved souls at all generational levels, and that we, it was going to be scary for us to watch the world crash because we wouldn't understand what was going to replace it. But we had to sit back and let it crash, not pay too much attention to the news, stay in our hearts, be love, and work with each other and understand that as the structure was coming down, a whole new structure was being built around the world by all kinds of evolved people. And I could see it like from that perspective as year after year went on, if I read the news, I would be terrified about what was going on. But if I talked to all the different people I was doing readings for around the world and so many of them working in nonprofits and this group taking water to this country and this group working with young children in, in cities and, you know, on and on, I could see that there were these beautiful, beautiful souls that were working together to change things and not waiting for the government. And then, of course, we really started to see the the corruption more and more of the system and the system truly falling apart. And I think it became even more scary in the last four years when it seemed like, oh my goodness, we're, you know, we're not going to dig ourselves out of this. And I feel that we worked together, not only the, the politicking and the phone calls and the get out the vote and all those things we did together, but I am always teaching intuitives. I, I have a school, Soul Path School. I teach intuition, psychosynthesis, and astrology. And all of my psychic students were reporting the same thing over these last couple of years. Everybody was exhausted. We were all having major dreams. We were doing healings on Trump in our dreams. Crazy things were happening on that level. And we 
we could feel how we were all pulling together. And I see it with the young children, especially. I see how psychic they are and how connected. And they're connected to the world through the internet. And they, they have friends all over the world. But that's also, I always felt like this, the internet is a hardwired system to show us what we're all really capable of. Like we are all actually tuned into each other all the time. It's the same as sending texts and emails, what we're capable of doing psychically. We all have access to all information all the time. And I feel like the internet is like our training wheels so that as we evolve more and more as humans, we will understand that we can do this and do it well. So all of that was building. That's all the psychic piece, which is just be love, do it, make it happen. And don't worry that the old stuff is crashing because it needs to. Now, at the same time, the astrology was giving us the same messages going back to this, the mid 60s. Of course, we remember the 60s, right, as a time of you know, radical change. And we had two planets at that time coming together. Now, whenever in the, in the world, and you know, one of the major astrologer philosophers, Richard Tarnas, did like, I don't know, 2,000 page books where he, he looked at the philosophies of the world going back to Socrates and Plato from, you know, then until now. And then he connected it to the big astrological cycles. When two planets come together, they create a vibration and the world lives in that vibration for a period of time, depending on how slow moving those planets are. And so in the mid 60s, we had transformation and revolution come together. And, and I'm not going to bore everybody with all the planetary names, but I'm just going to talk in those broad brush strokes. So that began a cycle, that cycle was tested 2012 to 2015. We had interesting cycles in the early 80s and the late 80s that were about these, you know, big changes and more uh, equality, peace, justice, and the change of the structures we live in. And as much as many people say disparaging things about millennials, millennials are a soul group that are here to truly transform this world. And there's a group of them that got born in the late 80s that has some very special infiltrator energy. And they're, you know, once they develop fully into their place of power, they've got a whole new agenda. And then we've got the, the younger ones, the Generation Z, and especially the ones that came in in the late 70s and the early uh, 2000s. And they have the Aquarian energy really built into them. And they are philosophers and truth sayers and they all of these these younger generations are fearless and we don't want to forget that within there we have all the other generations that have their special gift that they're bringing right problem solvers artists layer upon layer of all of the soul groups that are here to change things and of course, many get lost along the way. They get taken in by the media, the fears, lies, and they forget the, the transformation that we're all here to do. But there's a critical mass, just barely. We barely squeaked out the election, but now it's going to continue in the direction that we are going. And the year 2020, astrologically, was perhaps the most intense year 
any of us will ever live through. And we had three major cycles that launched in that year, which also means three cycles ended. And the first two of those cycles do have to do with the exposure of corruption and the ending of systemic structures, patriarchal energies that don't serve us. And the third cycle that launched on the, uh, the solstice, uh, December 21st, great conjunction, you know, Jupiter and Saturn coming together, looking like a star. That is the a beginning of a 20-year cycle of Aquarian energies. And Aquarian energies are technology, social justice, innovation, inventions, equality. And so we're, we're living within that. And there's other little pieces that have been building. We've got another piece shift in 2024. So we are, we are now in a new world. And the energy is going to move very, very quickly now. And one of the things that's moving quickly is that because the layers have been shifted so that we don't have the time delay from thoughts, word, and action to creating reality as we used to have in the past to save us. We now, we now have the ability to manifest things much more quickly. And that means we all who are progressive, enlightened, spiritual, desiring these changes, we need to be very, very careful with our thoughts, with our words, with what we read, with the news. And that's why your show is so amazing and important because we have to keep talking about what can go right. We have to keep our eye on the prize and not be you know, Pollyanna-ish to an extreme, right? That kind of gets us in trouble. We've seen that, but we need to know what's going on without focusing on it. We need to focus on each other, supporting each other, helping to build whatever way that is that we can support the group of souls who are progressive and evolved and wish for this to be a planet of peace. I would say that the spirits that work through me told me 30 something years ago that it was decided by you know, the soul spirit groups that decide things about the whole galaxy, that planet Earth was not to be allowed to blow itself up or pollute itself to death. And that's why so many groups of healing souls have been coming here to change it. And so we have to do our job. And that's why we came. I mean, it was a big deal to get to come here and help this planet shift itself. So I am enthusiastic about where we are and that we, we really sort of went to the very brink, as most of us humans do anyway, right? Where we, you know, we wait until things are really bad before we change, before we totally transform. So we, we, we went to the brink and I feel we're on the other side. That is a pretty interesting statement given what we're surrounded with that somehow or another, it's like what you were saying about 2020, that we lived through it. We actually made it through and have entered, you know, like I remember when I was young, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, but that was just like, that was just the first glimmer of sunlight over the horizon, you know? And so now the, the sun has risen on this time of, of vision into action almost, you know, it's like a very visionary, positive. But, you know, I, I will say that, 
there's going to be plenty of people listening to this podcast because I know the Post Carbon Institute audience and they're very rational, hyper rational. And so, so make a bridge for us. I mean, one bridge I'm hearing is that however you explain it, there are millions of people and hundreds of thousands of groups working toward the common good. If you squint in a certain way, you see that activity and you go like, yeah, if we just get whatever this thing is off our backs, you know, we're going to take off. So we can see it without having to, to go to the intuitive or, or astrological levels. So make the bridge for us. Help somebody who is really sort of just like working so hard in the field of sustainability, of rationality, of policy, of, of politics, help us see how to bridge to these energies, how to draw from them, how to understand what we're doing, how to, how to do our work in the knowledge that it's already working out, which of course not, very few of us actually think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hard because obviously I am so in this mindset where I live that making that bridge to totally rational feels like a challenge to start with. So, but, but let me say a couple of things. First of all, with astrology, we know, we, we know that the moon affects the tides, right? And moon can affect water in the ocean. And we know that humans, are, our bodies are mostly water, right? So think about that and think if just the moon can affect us, how all the planets can affect us. And I think of everything and, and probably the person I could have the conversation with would be more of a physicist type scientist, right? Where they're really seeing the way energy is affected by thought, right? The, the scientist in the room or not in the room affecting the way, you know, particles are moving. So there is this, this overlap in this bridge between astronomy and astrology and that, that high frequency science where it's understand that, that we are in this multiverse that is constantly shifting and changing. And, you know, Richard Tarnas's work is so rational and provable in a certain way that the, the uh, Dutch government asked him to come and speak to their members of parliament to, to talk about how it's possible to get humans to change their habits and behaviors without legislating it. And his books are used in colleges and universities around the world now, uh, you know, in philosophy. So there, there is this, this bridge. It's not all, you know, weird people sitting in cafes reading poems. There, there is a certain, <laughs> there is a certain body of, of rational work on that astrological level. And then I think of people like Einstein, who talked about how ideas just float in, ideas just drop in, and that is how all scientific problems tend to be solved. You think about it and think about it and think about it, and then all of a sudden, it's a channeling. It actually is a psychic insight. So I know that there is that, that overlap there. And then if I, if I put myself mentally in that viewpoint of people on the front lines who are working to change the world, I would say that the challenge there is that we can become very intensely focused 
on our part of it and the obstacles we face. And that is the nature of the human mind to, to concern itself with the problems and the negativity to, to be able to solve problems and to be able to survive. So it's essential, I feel, for people who are feeling discouraged to come into small levels of gratitude, to connect to things that are outside that viewpoint, to see the beauty, to take the time to go looking for information about how young children are saving things, you know, saving animals, sending money and building schools, all the, all the ways that we can remind ourselves that most humans are truly good and want the best for everybody. And we just, you know, often what we end up doing is arguing about how to get there. But as humans, we, we want to live well, to have love, to have enough food, to have um, something that we do that we think is meaningful. And apart from those that I feel are really in the, the dark side, just trying to like own all the money of the world by the end of their life, you know, 99% of humans, we are in alignment with each other. And I feel that it is perfectly rational to connect with each other on that level and keep working toward the change. Yeah, it's like uh, Tavis Smiley used to sign off saying, keep the faith. And I used to love that. And it's really, it's interesting that it's just, we live in a worldview where social science, psychology, economics, even those, we call those sciences somehow or another. And they're just, they're just pattern recognition systems within a worldview of limitation. You know, and, and what you're saying, I mean, where does insight come from? Where does goodwill come from? <laughs> you know, it's like when you start to ask the question and, you know, as, as people, you know, really smart people working in agencies and bureaucracies and, you know, like nonprofits, we sort of put on, you know, rational blinders. Like we're pretending like we're not drawing from other wells mm. when we are. It's um, sometimes important people would be embarrassed to tell other people how they came to the insight that they've just brought to the meeting, the little trim tab. So I think it's in a way what you're saying, and I think it's super important is that we have to welcome the marginalized parts of ourselves in Western rational society, the marginalized parts of the feminine, the intuitive, the emotional, the dream time, you know, these are the parts that we exclude and we may kind of limp along and do good work, but there's so much nourishment for the journey uh, that comes from the other than rational realms, the other capacities. And it's just, I realized as you were talking that, that I will say this in the introduction. So uh, full disclosure, Kay, Kay has just been the most amazing assist for my life for 15, 16, 17 years, ever since I had cancer and checking in like once a year. And she'd say like, oh man, like, like just, just hang on. Cause 2020 is going to be like when you're, you know, your star, you just like, you're going to hit it for your work. And I thought, well, geez, I've already done your money, your life, you know, I've already done those stuff. Like it was sort of like, this was like this little wrapped package waiting for me in 2020. <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. And of course, it's the perfect time for somebody like me 
who's mm-hmm. curious and edgy and and I do feel like this podcast is 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 in a way it's a one of the most accurate expressions of my soul that I have done so far. So uh, yeah, I'll take your word for it. So so Missy, twenty twenty one. Give us just a few sentences about the qualities of the year that we're in. Yeah. So when the uh, you know we had that that launch of the Aquarian energy in December. This whole year, what we have is this very interesting little stress struggle between the traditional that's trying to hang on and the progressive that is trying to move forward. And it's interesting that we have a progressive planet in Aquarian energy and we have an Aquarian planet in more slower moving earth-based energy. So there's a way that when we have this kind of stress vibrationally, we have to find creative solutions, but the creative solutions are likely to be both progressive and grounded. And so it's not necessarily easy depending on where this shows up in your personal life or even in the world, how it is showing up. Obviously, we have a lot of intensity. And when you were talking a minute ago about people getting into a mindset of rationality who are working to be change makers, it, it caused me to reflect on the fact that part of staying positive is we have to see this as a marathon and not that we're going to fix everything overnight. I believe that this process we've just entered. So one is one cycle is 20 years, but then there's another cycle that's launching in 2024. That's also Aquarian. So I feel like we should think about 30 to 40 years as this process that we are engaged in. And that means we have to take the time to connect and to enjoy life, even while working really hard. Yeah, exactly. And 30 or 40 years, that's about when the United Nations has declared that we actually have to have gotten our ducks in a row or we aren't going to have any more ducks. So uh, what an exciting time to be alive in, in all that is changing. And thank you so much, Kay, for bringing all that you are to this question. I really appreciate it. Mm, Thank you so much for inviting me. Always a pleasure to sit with you. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review so that this hopeful message can get out to more people. Check out Post Carbon Institute's Resilience website for show notes and for more guest information. Join us on Patreon and become a financial supporter of the show and for exclusive content and special online events. Thanks also to Asher Miller, Amy Burringrood, and Clara Winter of Post Carbon Institute, plus production assistant Michelle Wig from frugalityandfreedom.com.